Episode 264 of the Saturn Studs Podcast. I'm joined this I'm Kurt joined this week by my poorly written co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. And this week we're coming at you with the bagel shortage edition of the cast. You thought it was gas, but no, it was bagels. I went into the bagel store this morning to get my weekly shipment of bagels, and he said no. The, re- the next door college is having its graduation, and also they're filming for an HBO series. So there's just too there's too much demand for bagels in my hometown, or in my not um, hometown, my current. What town. about seagulls? <laughs> Are seagulls still in appropriate supply? <laughs> uh-huh. We live next to a river, yet yeah. I've never seen an ocean bird. Strange, because it's, it's the fucking Hudson River. Nothing can live on that. <laughs> You'd think they make the nest in some of the fucking barges that sit along the side of the, the coast there. Those things never move, and they are they are a fortress because they go, like, ten feet down below the water level. So if you <laughs> fall in, you just you can't get out unless you have a trusty grappling hook. Did the, uh, did the bagel shops, uh, also known as bakeries, uh, pull a lumber and... Uh and up the price 300% of bagels, where it's like $10 a bagel. So if you buy lumber wholesale, it's still the same price. It's just like Home Depot and Lowe's marking it up for yeah. mm-hmm. no good reason, because no, demand I is... Sorry. I, I don't think it's Home Depot. I think it's the lumber companies. No, because they, they're selling it to the home improvement stores the same price wholesale. Like, if you have a lumber supplier, if you got a wood guy... <laughs> Your price hasn't gone up. I I heard it was the lumber yards that were that were sitting on stockpiles. They know demand is high, and they are just upping the price of uh, lumber. Uh, like there's a story in Oregon um, where uh, uh, some of the forest fires a while back from California were burning. They burned down a, like a whole town, and insurance companies are not going to like give them the money to rebuild their houses because the quoted price was way too much because it's so expensive to build a house now. Ah, well, time to make but, time to bring back mud huts. Regardless, I was going to tear down the shithole shed in my backyard and build a he shed <laughs> out of wood. It would have been fun, but I don't want to spend like an exorbitant amount of money on a Small shed I'm going to use every now and then. Well, Jake. So I'm going to buy a vinyl one. Oh, wait. I don't know what the fucking, what the Maryland ecosystem looks like. Because I was going to say, use materials close to you. Go to the Palisades and carve out some shale from the rock face. Build your house out of that. Fucking build the ocean shale. I was going to say, I do have trees in my backyard. I think it's the HOAs, but I could chop them down. Fucking build a mini lumber yard in, uh, in my backyard. Come to so, beautiful New York, where the where the earth is just a giant lasagna rising out of the ground. Which yeah. layer is your favorite? <laughs> Mine is the shale. I like the shale. Remember we had to do the lab in earth science in yep. middle school, where we had to like dig out, determine the erosion rates based on the uh, 
the sedimentary layers. I don't even layers. remember if that was part of it, but like, yeah, we had to show all the layers of the soil and had to like, dig like super deep to get anything other than just topsoil because I grew up in a fucking swamp neighborhood <laughs> and everything was just topsoil because there was no no land underneath. <laughs> it was just water. So, Jake, are you in your he shed right now? Well, where are you uh, from? No, we're actually coming at you live from Transylvania. Haha, <laughs> because vampires, right? Any of the and night creatures. Yes, because because we watched Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I would have rather watched Hotel Transylvania. Hey, no. we didn't know it, it would have been, be been shorter at least. Well, I, yeah, I mean, sure. didn't we? Because, like, last season was pretty fucking shitty. I knew last it was going to be mediocre. So, in case, in case you're wondering, we watched Castlevania. Uh, the, the season Just Thank four. God that's over. <laughs> Man, you are so pessimistic. I could eat your pessimism with a spoon and fork. I, I where, had, where do you harvest it, that it, from, it, Jake? It hurts the most because I had... I had hope that this show was going to be good. I had hope that I was going to look back on this and be like, you know what? Yeah, this this is like this is like the more grown up Voltron. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, I don't know. If <laughs> fucking... we, I think was your Netflix broken? Did it actually like play a uh, Halloween special episode of Paw Patrol or some shit? <laughs> nope. I uh, I'm just. Not enthralled by I, <laughs> anything I think you that just don't like here. Castlevania. <laughs> I love Castlevania the games. I would have loved if they had made a show about Castlevania, but instead they made fucking Game of Thrones featuring vampires. <laughs> they should have. Uh, they should have brought in Simon from Captain N. <laughs> Here's a problem with you people wanting wanting you know what do you, what do you game mean? accurate. <laughs> Game accurate or just following the exact storyline of of things. Uh, Not even the exact storyline, just like anything. Have any of the characters from the video game do anything of importance? I thought Hector was a part of the. I'm I'm gonna have to look and see what what the similarities were, but I'm pretty sure like Trevor Belmont and Hector. Well, yes, um, Trevor is it. He's the character you play as in Castlevania Three. Um. But he doesn't do anything of fucking great import in the show until the very end. <laughs> He's like the worst protagonist for ninety percent of the series. It's because they have five other. And stories then they try they to the shoehorn in a heroic redemption for him at the end, and it does not earn it whatsoever. I thought it earned it. I thought it was very good. Well, we'll have to argue about he this. Came- he had a full circle arc, and I liked it, and he finally yeah, had something worth He had a full arc, 360 degrees. <laughs> right back where he started. <laughs> he got a boomerang, though. The only character but that's broke. any good I in this so show. I was so mad at that. I was like, ah, wasn't that one of like the pinnacle weapons, spoilers, and now it's Jake. gone? Ah. <laughs> yeah, what no, the spoiler is that the fucking dumbass didn't think to use it until <laughs> his fucking ally had already been murdered. All right, we will get, we will argue about this yeah. later in the show because right now we've got trailers. We've got the most generic trailers. It's like that brand of Canadian no-name products where there's no pack. It's just yellow with the name on it. It's like that if the box just said trailers. We're going to watch it. 
Oh, we're gonna Trey watch, watch it on Trey Watch, and it's <laughs> what an inspiring slate we have for you here, ladies and gentlemen. We've got we've got such seminal classics as the Ice Road, which I really had to look at closely to determine whether or not this was not just out cold or whatever the other Liam Neeson Ice <laughs> Road Trucker movie was that came it's out two years ago. Fucking Ice Road Truckers the movie, which is, you know what? I'm for it. And I take back my initial thoughts of it. If they're going to do this, if they're going to go like Discovery TV show made movie, then go for it. Where's my Naked and Afraid the movie? Where's my uh, uh, Dual Survival the movie? You know? Well, they do have the Twister movie, if you remember that one. Yeah, Twister? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the hit board game, Twister. Twister. <laughs> um, yeah, Liam Neeson, they're just like, this man does not, he can't live in temperate climates. He's not stable. Like, he has, well, he's he got a bimodal did. temperature distribution. You either put yeah. him in a really hot environment or a really cold environment. He works fine. This is fucking out cold. Like, other than him taking revenge on mobsters, this is the same movie as Out Cold. It's him. Like, it's weird because so this trailer, the way they put it together, it seems like this movie is going to be filmed like a heist movie. Yeah, right up until they literally say, "I'm in." There's no heist. <laughs> it's like a reverse heist where they have to deliver what looks like a neutron bomb to the trapped miners. Um, that'll yeah they never really explain what the what the plan is to say i guess you'll have to watch the ice road to uh mm -hmm. get that sort of privileged information i think they have they have like 30 hours before elon musk start calling the ice road truckers pedophiles um you got to get them out of there but i really i want there and the company wants to cover it up i want there to be like an evil ice road trucker gang who's gonna like out truck the truckers and they're gonna have like a truck battle this this uh, strikes me as a man versus nature kind of movie. Um, yeah, but no, wasn't weren't they saying it was like sabotaged? Like, hey, we got well, sabotaged. Yeah, someone sabotaged them. So like, now there's gonna be this like battle. I, this is gonna be like action shit. But what? If, oh, oh, the movie was Cold Pursuit, not Out Cold. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys, I forgot the generic. Liam Neeson action movie title. Cold Pursuit. I really should come should on. Just quit. Just quit yeah, this right. job. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What if the twist is that they were never sabotaged, and this is just what happens when you draw drive fucking heavy trucks on a thawing lake? Could be. The best line in the movie comes right at the beginning. Well, Liam Neeson is driving his truck on the ice. The ice cracks, and he goes, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. Ice cracking. Mm. Oh, Liam Neeson, just put him on ice. He's the ice man. He is the ice guy. Him, you know what's funny? So Malcolm McDowell voices a character in the, the season of Castlevania we just watched. And uh, he and Liam Neeson are kind of in the same boat now, where they were once, like, really distinguished actors starring in very like esteemed productions and now they will just do whatever the fuck yeah what which hey you're working yeah what i want to know you. what drove him to a netflix contract like this 
Uh, the money would be my guess. <laughs> but for what? Is he do, is I he going full Nick Cage here? Is he doing like my cocaine? Where he's like, it was probably like just the thing where it's like, hey, Liam, we'll give you all this money. Uh, you show up for like two weeks of shooting. We'll do all your scenes and then uh, you can go home. Oh, and you don't have to attend a premiere because it's a Netflix mm-hmm. show. We won't ask you to do any media for it or very little media for it. And uh, you can just take that $12 million we gave you. Okay, I'll do it, but only if I get to wear a parka. A warm, a warm winter parka. That's my Liam Neeson impression. It's pretty. That's pretty good. It's actually not as bad as I feared it would be. It's it's better. It's better than mine. I I don't even have one. I haven't. I'm not going to attempt one. I'd have to. uh, I'd have to practice it a little. Where is my daughter? Where's me doctor? Where is? Where's me? Where's me doctor? I'll find you. Ah. <laughs> With me I'll lucky charms, <laughs> and I'll kill you. <laughs> That's my. I'll lady. find you and I'll kill you. <laughs> oh, leprechaun six. Um, <laughs> taking, taking take leprechaun. It. Fucking, which one was it? Where the he's in space. That was four, I believe. Fucking pees on a rock and. The leprechaun becomes gonorrhea in his system, and uh, in space because there's leprechaun in the hood. Which Back I'm... in the hood, yeah, I think that's six. Oh, I thought that was they five. Made six of these fucking things. Um, maybe it's five. I don't know. Leprechaun five. Let's see. Um, yeah, leprechaun in the hood. I think that's where they left it. Okay. Uh, but let's check. What Where's is leprechaun six? Oh, oh! It's back to the hood. It was okay, so good they yes. did it twice. That was right. <laughs> back to the. All right. <laughs> I know. I know a lot about a franchise I've never seen a single movie from. <laughs> what? I did not realize that Warwick Davis was the Leprechaun in these movies. Oh yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's like his most famous role, other than Willow, I guess maybe. I thought he was in like Star Wars at some point. Um, he was probably an extra in Star Wars. I don't think he was a main character because Kenny Baker was R two D two, and I think he was the only little person in the main cast. Maybe he was a Jawa or an Maybe. Ewok. I remember because I remember like they gave him a cameo on Solo. So like Warwick, one of those conspicuous. Like yeah, but I don't think it was a speaking role. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he was Warwick an Ewok. Davis. Okay, yeah. I know my Warwick Davis. <laughs> yeah, he, his IMDb is he's known for Willow, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, mm-hmm. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh my god, that movie was so bad. <laughs> uh, and Ray. Okay. The, the story of Sugar Ray. Yes, Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, yeah, he was Wicket the Ewok in Return of the Jedi. And in Wait. the spinoff TV movie, The Ewok Adventure. And then the other spinoff TV movie, Ewoks, The Battle for Endor. Mm-hmm. Those are his first credits. What a long and storied career. 1983. What a man. What a man. What? He's, he's got a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Good for him. All right, 
<laughs> he's in a documentary called Life's Too Short. That's oh, it's a TV series. Wait, did Warwick Davis have his own reality TV series? He did. Him and Ricky Gervais. This, Jake, God, I want to take up the. Do you, remi- do you remember? Was were you there when we were watching uh, Little People Dallas? <laughs> oh my yes. fucking god! Yes, he was. It was his. It was his fucking <laughs> apartment. Unlock that memory. <laughs> who was just sitting there watching Little People? We were going to go to the bar. But we just like sat down and got sucked into yeah. little people now. We got sidetracked so. for like forty-five minutes to an hour when we were like supposed to be at the bar, and uh, my uh, my roommate at the time was watching Little People Dallas, and we were like, "What the fuck is this garbage?" And it's like, we're, it's actually entertaining. <laughs> yeah, we were like, why the fuck are you watching these? Like, I don't know. It's just kind of entertaining. And we're like, yeah, fuck right. And then like 45 <laughs> minutes go by. We've watched four episodes of Little People Dallas. It's like, it's like oh so shit. <laughs> it's Mug Night. <laughs> we're supposed like, to be at Alex's. It's like, it's so funny when they get mad. He <laughs> <laughs> was right. I remember when it's the little it's, it's the whole the one girl was trying to of, date like a regular sized dude and yo, their date was like the, they were at fucking an archery thing. Yeah, it's like I, why? I, why is that I remember the date? episode. She was going on a first date with this normal sized guy and she was like he was tall too. He was like a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Man was like six seven. And she was, was like a foot. Didn't and she like when one of them was like, "Oh yeah, my my boyfriend just plays video games all day." And it's just like, oh, yeah. him just like zoning out on the fucking couch." Uh, <laughs> I'm such a I'm so loser. I'll take out the garbage later. Who who fucking designed who who decided like, "Yes, this is the show that I want to make. I'm going to produce." It's just one of those things that happens, you know, that you find a a, a fucking niche that hasn't been explored yet and then mm. you slap a writing clear together and you get some some trash people who are willing to debase themselves publicly for very little money <laughs> and uh you make a reality tv series and they don't get any royalties that's a very important part of reality tv contracts yeah. is you don't get royalties for episode airing so you don't have to pay people when you air them in syndication that's why they're so profitable um like movies are sometimes profitable, but technically, according to their accounting, they are never profitable. That is why, um, what's his face? David Prowse has still not been paid any additional royalties for his work in Return of the Jedi because yeah. he negotiated on um, the profit, a percentage of the profit, not the gross. Mm. And according to their funny money math, Return of the Jedi has never turned a profit. When you um, when you gamble with a company, it's always gonna come up snake eyes. Like our next trailer, Hotel hey. Transylvania Transformania. Ah, oh, what a twist! I wanted to double twist, but I don't know how you even do that. Um, a movie's so bad that uh, you'd have to Adam ask Sandler Vince Russo. It did not return. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! He didn't. Yeah, I, I actually learned that from a TikTok. Um, where some guy was like, Hey guys, in case you haven't seen, go see the new trailer for Hotel Transformania. And I'm Dracula. And then in the comments, everybody was like, Wow. I guess Adam Sandler didn't come back. Wow, big shoes to fill. 
when your movie is so bad that it is below the standards of Adam Sandler, below the standards of Hubie Halloween him fucking self. He was, he was busy filming Hubie Halloween for... You know that it's, it's bad. I'm just trying to figure um, out what he's making Fran right now. Drescher's in this movie, as is Andy Samberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see what the budget for this shit is. Oh, 85. 85 mil. I mean, that's about what a full feature 3D animation movie, I think, would you at could, minimum cost. Think, all right. Think about this. We live in a world where Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation, came out in 2018. They didn't yes, make I remember. It. And they took all the money from that and profits. Well, not profits. They didn't make it. They just took the eighty million and they gave it to like starving kids, or they built houses for people and did something. Are, nice. are we are we going to play the game where all Imagine. the all the things that this money could have better been spent on? Because that a lot of Hollywood can fall into that. Yeah. <laughs> do you know how much money Leo Leonardo DiCaprio made last year? Didn't he just do a thing less- like fucking? Gentrify all of Africa with that kind of money. Yo, Starbucks in every dirt corner. <laughs> I'm looking up what Adam Sandler is doing right now, and there's he's on a movie for, called Hustle, which is like a sports film thing with Adam Sandler, Queen be... Latifah, Ben Foster, Robert Duvall, and then uh, a movie called Spaceman, which I guess is based on. Spaceman of Bohemia. I mean, that sounds familiar. I don't... Spaceman of Bohemia. I don't mm-hmm. know the it's origin. A, it is a... It's a Czech sci-fi novel from 2017. I guess it's like a... It's like a comedy sci-fi thing, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I'm sure it's a... Uh... One of those things that's... Well, I mean, if it's Adam Sandler in it, then it's ostensibly a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess so, Uncut Gems wasn't a comedy. The but. reason we're not talking about this trailer is because it is a plot from, like, season... The mid part of season three of a cartoon show. I, I think there's the actually an episode there. of Gargoyles, like midway in the second <laughs> season, that was this plot. Where all yeah. the people turn into monsters, and all the monsters turn into people. Yep, dude. I, I when I groaned like three times during this this trailer, just a trailer. I tell you, they were I tell groans. You. I tell you what. L- let me tell you. I groaned so much during this trailer. I, I, Once upon a time, I, I saw a trailer. It was called Hotel Transylvania Transformania. I immediately shot Adam Sandler. I think the biggest thing was that they finally revealed what the invisible guy looks like as a human. Mm-hmm. And he, he just looks dorky. I don't know. It's And people are, like, shocked. Yeah. Because everybody was simping for the invisible guy. Is is Kennedy in this at all? Is he, like, still involved? He wrote the screenplay and story. Kennedy Tarkov? Escape, escape from, escape from Kennedy. Grenadine tartar sauce. Kennedy. Yeah, he's in it. I, but like, I think he just gave them the story. It's like, 
here. I'm, I'm, I need to, I need to make different stuff. Please. Yeah, screenplay by story by. So he wrote this shit. So, but I'm sure it's one of those things where, I mean, he's got to pay the bills. So Netflix mm -hmm. or whatever is like, here, here's a ton of money. Yep. Write another Hotel Transylvania it's, movie. It's just so Sony. This all just feels, I can feel the Sony just dripping off of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm Remember not, that like not a fan. three or two month period where, where Sony was actually making good movies and we were like, what the hell's happened here? Yeah. Yeah, I remember Where that. they came out with, like, Spider-Man? Then they fired the janitor who was writing the scripts. <laughs> he would come in like the fucking shoe fairy and be like, Scruffy, oh, oh, this is awful. Let me put my own script in. I've been writing these at home for three years. He just oh, slips in. And it's I'm, like... I'm totally blanking on the movie. What's the, um... What's that one movie where the guy is, like, super smart... Boston guy. Oh, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, Goodwill. It was it's Goodwill Hunting, but with movie players. <laughs> yeah, he's like a William Shakespeare. <laughs> he's like, no, you gotta have a plot. You gotta have a character arc over here. Do you know how easy this shit is for me? <laughs> I can write a character arc that makes you fucking cry in thirty minutes. You can't do that shit in a writer's room for a year. He puts down like hire this man on spot. He's like, oh. he finds like I can finally go out to the comic book store. He just picks up his Spider Man. He reads it. He puts it down. He's like, okay, great. And then he just fucking writes Spider Verse. Yeah. <laughs> in like three I days. Gotta, gotta go see about a girl. <laughs> hey, remember when <laughs> Ghostbusters said that they were gonna fucking there was gonna be like alien ghosts and shit in that? And the the executive producer was like, yeah, yeah, let's absolutely do it. like. Wait, which one? Which one were we talking about? Where the um, we got we we found that email from the director, and they had, it was just baffling. Oh, it was um, fuck. I think it was about one of the spider. It was the Amazing Spider-Man series, yeah. and it's like NBD, also known as a humble brag, and just the oh, most. Right. Out of it touch. was Emoji Movie. We were like, we were just looking up why why this abomination existed. It might have been concurrent. Mm. It was it was more than one movie that they were discussing. Because I do remember them saying Spider-Man should humble, humble brag. Fucking. Uh, All right, get me out of this. Um, get out of touch. And let us in. With let us in. Uh, the salad story. What the special effects in the trailer? I hope are not finished. This is the small. The, the small amount of special effects that they did have looked like Garbo. Well, I think this is this isn't a horror movie. This was. I think this is supposed to be a spoopy movie for kids who don't want to actually go see a horror movie yet. Um, you know, this occupies the same. Uh, it's trying. It's the modern the modern adaptation of of a Goosebumps of a scary stories yeah. to tell in the dark. I can see that. Because yeah. it's an all-kids cast with, like, slightly older kids. Oh. Well, oh, scary stories to tell bullies. in the dark. That was Guillermo del Toro. Wasn't that actually regarded as being pretty scary? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but in the... You think, are you afraid of the dark? Maybe that was what it was. Yeah. yeah That's R. what you're Stein thinking. Stuff? Yeah. Real, no, real um, Stein. 
Yeah, the, the there was the Nickelodeon counterpunch, the Goosebumps, called Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which I only remember because it had one fucking episode where, like, the monster was just Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> do it. Do it. Um, it but... was just a dude in a fucking robe who shot lightning from his fingers. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> So this is the this is the 2021 version of that um, in movie form, um, where it's the kids they find the obvious signal from the eye of Agamemnon, <laughs> yeah. and the the and older teenage boys. That's the monster in this movie. They they come every 50 years like fucking it, <laughs> and they they wedgie all the kids. Like let us in. And they, they looked slightly creepy. Not that creepy. They didn't really look all that creepy. Just like a, a little bit with their eyes. Is a it was it was kind of like you, you, you'd you see them on the street, you'd do a double take, and then you'd be like, eh, it's not really yeah, worth oh, getting involved. Eh, maybe they got like makeup on or whatever. Maybe they, um, they got maybe bit they by a mosquito or something. Yeah. I choose to believe that they didn't actually, like, they did the least amount of ca- casting effort possible for this, where they just went to one school. And found the kids like oh, sit, I, the the lunch table have, by the stairs of the high school seniors, and they're like, "Yo, you guys want to be in a movie?" Like, I have no doubt they set up the camera and waited for with like release forms for people to walk into the frame of the camera and be like, "Hey, you want to be in this movie?" Yeah, it's, it's like, like uh, oh, it's like how kids. the fucking army recruits at school when they're like, "Hey, can you if you do thirty push ups, you'll get this fucking T shirt. We'll get your email address <laughs> so we can fucking shoot you offers it all the hey time." Hey there, kids. Want a drone strike a village? <laughs> hey, military service is a very good career path for people who maybe aren't the best academically or just want stability oh, in their life. I'm not life. saying that. I'm just I'm, I'm saying they should, like, switch it up with a... Instead of saying, <laughs> some, hey... Some variety of, of activities. Just, just be like, hey... Go, just bring the actual command console into the school and have them drone strike fucking <laughs> Arabian villages like it's a Call of Duty game. <laughs> we found a All great right, loophole so... to get guild tough. Oh, wow, that was a real simulation. Yeah. Here's simulation. the controller. Oh, pull pull it's fucking Ender's like an game Xbox on controller. Oh, my God. I guess, yeah. It's, it's a while designed like Ender's an Xbox game. controller, so you're more familiar with it. Uh, press X to uh, shoot the missile. I when mean, you're ready. <laughs> the drone command consoles are like the main uh, yoke is now a fucking Xbox controller. Like, it, that's actually become very standardized. I remember when I uh, when I started doing <laughs> FRC in high school. Um, like the the previous years, the con- the way you would control the robot was like a old school joystick, but my freshman year. Um, the first year I was actually on the team, they like uh, a lot of the effort was put into like porting it over to Xbox controllers so more kids could learn how to drive the robot because it was just more familiar to most of the kids. The shape and layout of the ergonomics. Was... Contr- I feel like remote controls are very like the, the I'm, I'm thinking the boxy ones with like the switches the rc and, uh, the rc analog yeah yeah you're like, like your rc one, plane and shit yeah the one joystick the one joystick that only has like left and right and the other one that has like up vertical up and down and i'm like why wouldn't they just be all like 
like ball joints or whatever. Oh, y- y'all remember well, the fucking with, like, the gun RC controller for RC cars where it was just trigger to go and then you had a wheel on the side? To oh, sp- yeah. oh, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> love that cool. shit. It's a wheel. I shoot speed. So this <laughs> this is about how interesting as lettuce in is, is that we're talking about RC <laughs> controllers <laughs> and drones striking the mill. I don't even know how we, we got onto that. But uh, I guess somewhat to related to... Remote controls and uh, military action. We do. There is. You guys remember way back in the the before times of 2009. uh, Fox, which was still making movies at the time, and they're not now, and that should scare you, um, said, hey, what if we made backstory movies on some of these X-Men characters? So they made X-Men Origins Wolverine, which did not accurately reflect his backstory and was generally a bad movie didn't do so hot so they're like let's not do this again well flash forward uh was 11 years now uh oh yeah 10 yeah 12 12 enough 11, time where 12. people have forgotten about that yes <laughs> origin movies uh and they said hey let's take a far less successful franchise and do the same thing. Wow. Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Yeah. I can't imagine Y'all remember Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li? This is on that level. That was directive video. (laughs) No one saw that one. That was just, okay, we need to to blow some money in the budget so we can report losses on our taxes this year. Hey, but did you see that featurette? They're filming in Japan. That's magical. That's authentic. It means now the, stu- Japan, it means the studio is in Australia. It was the same. St- I bet you it was the same fucking <laughs> studio that did Mortal Kombat. I, yeah, I maybe not the best idea to be filming in Japan right now. They're uh, having a little trouble with the COVID. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to be in the Olympics this people. year. Probably going to have to cancel the Olympics. What is the COVID rate? But they all those those kinds of people always wear a mask, don't they? That's their culture. Yes, and it's doing a wonderful job of not eliminating the virus. Well, it's because they go indoors and what the? be in their grandpa. All right. Oh yeah, it did go up. I wow, look at that. So I looked. I took a quick look into this. I listen to NPR every morning. I know what's going on in the world. They got weird spikes. Um. All right. I looked one one iota into this fucking film and I'm already baffled. Um, <laughs> just because the names of these people don't sound like like real names, I'm gonna read to you. Um, oh yeah, that was the, the, the screenplay and the, the director, uh, directed by Robert Schwenkti, with a screenplay oh, by Evan Spiliotopoulos. I'll I'll copy this name, Evan Evan. Spiliotopoulos. Spiliotopoulos. Spiliotopoulos? I don't fucking know. Um, and then Joe Shrapnel in Anna Waterhouse. Joe Shrapnel. Right? That sounds like a G.I. Joe character. That sounds like the G.I. Joe, right? G- Joe Shrapnel is yeah. his <laughs> real name. Like... <laughs> <laughs> spill, you know, spill up. To, he's a great. It's Greek. Evan Greek name. 
Oh my goodness. So I let me see. So it's Paramount. All right. Um, oh, is this going straight to Paramount Plus? Is this going to be is, the thing that gets us the sell? This is their hook for Paramount Plus. Oh boy. They're like, we need Good to get in a lot. different demographic than than Star Trek. Let's let's go with what other properties do we have? GI Joe, sure. Snake Eyes, he's the most popular one. Let's let's put. The... Oh <laughs> Jesus. Oh no, these are all American companies here. Um, De Bonaventura, which they made the Transformers movies. Entertainment One, which is Hasbro's uh, production company. Skydance. Course, and then Hasbro MGM has the toy license. So, do you guys hear about that shit with Amazon trying to buy MGM? I feel like I no. heard something about it. Well, that yeah, doesn't Amazon surprise me, at least. Apparently, is, is is serious about getting into the film game and wants to buy MGM. All right. Fucking, I. That's gonna just go great. That's gonna go fantastic. I'm ready for, like, at this point, I'm ready for Sabin Films to be the fucking dominating studio in America. It's just... I, I mean, I, I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, they just own the production company. It's been a long time since MGM was, you know, a very relevant studio. They're not even, they don't even have the branding at Disney anymore. It's just Hollywood Studios now. It's not MGM Studios. Like the video store. But they still have the, uh, I think their cinema ride is still, like, all MGM shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, the alien part and, uh... Right. I guess I'm just basing this off of how well they handled video game. Uh, Amazon Prime making their own video game studio. I feel like video games are harder to make than movies. Or at least they're yeah. more, uh... Well, the sheer number that comes out. For sure, mm-hmm. that are just that well, like, are supposedly say, like good video games are harder to make than. Uh, well, than like how that, many, good. how many like big like I, hmm, I'd say like medium sized budget movies, like the ones that cost between like maybe twenty and fifty mil to make, like tons of those come out all the time. And some of them are even pretty good. Yeah. Like yeah, like. For example, perfect example, with Amazon, too. So you have Get Duked, which is a middle-budget movie that was actually pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. And Amazon made that, and it was okay. And then you have uh, fucking Crucible, which was their big AAA game <laughs> that did not come <laughs> yeah. out so well. So yeah, I think they've this, they've, they maybe have come to a realization Maybe we can get a little bit bigger foothold into the film game because we we can just hire some more creative people to do that versus game development and publishing, which is a field that is very specialized. And yeah. really the only companies that are doing it have been doing it since video games were like measured in bits. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it's like that and and not video game co- like software companies who just happen to be like okay we can make a console yeah we know how to distribute software mm-hmm. and manufacture hardware that's that's been a part of our business for centuries yep and the point is it's hard to get into the video game industry as a startup mm-hmm. well it's like a startup developer sure a startup publisher 
Unless you got a lot of investor money. Like even you, fucking Yacht Club, who is like they were the indie people who were like, we're going to make it big. They made their they made their Shovel Knight games and then they're like, hey, we're done. I don't know if they closed, well, think, but I they're not they have like one good idea and like one one good concept for a story and like mechanic uh, that is like novel. And then after that, it's like, well, if we do this too much with nobody's going to buy it because it's the same thing as this one. So, uh, you know, we don't we don't really have much left. So continuously coming up with those different ideas and everything like that is not well we're at this point now where like nothing's original humans have been around long enough where like there are no original ideas you just kind of have to like come up with interesting and somewhat unique combinations of ideas that work together like uh dear evan hansen where you take the last name of a of a game grump and uh slap it in a musical and then put out a three minute long trailer which is the whole the whole thing um the yeah when movie. i saw this, this i was like what book why are people going crazy about this this looks like yeah a- that's i saw that in the fucking comments everyone's like freaking out that this is uh, being made and i've never a, heard of this it's a musical yeah it, sure but musicals have been made in the movies before and it didn't have quite this level of excitement on a youtube comments page like that's that's supposedly a den <laughs> of pessimism i can't go in there and see optimism jake it it's like up being down and oceans boiling and yeah it's a sign of the apocalypse <laughs> um so not a lot of songs there's they, they showed a clip of one song um but instead they gave us a synopsis of the entire story yeah which i guess is okay in a musical because you're watching it for the music yeah mm. you're not the plot's like a like a side dish, you know. If it's got a yeah, good side dish, because because the music is what what makes it a musical is the music is used to drive the plot forward. Like the songs, uh-huh. kind of like move the story forward. Um, I will say they got. I guess they got Ben Platt, who I'm guessing played him in the big or whatever. I don't know if this was on Broadway. I'm gonna guess it was on Broadway. Yeah, it was on Broadway, um, and he probably played him there. So they're like, they got the actor. Uh, great, you know, because um, was last time yes, they did that rent. So yeah. they got it for uh, the movies. The seventy first Tony Awards. It was well, I guess they got uh, Hamilton six. When they filmed um, Hamilton, that was just a thing of uh, that, and Lin Manuel Miranda's in the movie adaptation of In the Heights. Uh, yeah, Ben Platt was in Book of Mormon and uh, Dear Evan Hansen, so he won a couple Tonys for that. Mm-hmm. He's also like thirty. And trying to play a teenager that in this movie, odd. yeah. So it looks a little out of place, but oh, is that why it looks sort of weird? Yeah, because yeah. they de Ben Platt. Oh, okay, that I, maybe they tried to de-age him. I don't. I mean, he looks he looks older, fairly youthful. For actually, no, he does look older. He's my age, thereabouts, and he looks quite a bit older than I do. Mm-hmm. And like this is. It's it's interesting because I think this kind of points out. Oh my out, god, I'm almost thirty. <laughs> points out I've been like quarter life crisis. Um, no, I was gonna say this points out kind of like the big difference in mediums between the stage and the screen. Um, where if if he was doing this on stage, 
no fucking problem. I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you have you have a handful of actors on the stage at any one point, and they're, you know, Mm -hmm. probably going to be all about the same age or made up to look mostly the same age, and you're not as close to it. Uh, You know, the camera. There's no like close up shots in the fucking theatrical performance. You just see it from your seat. Right, and it's it's abs. There's not. I don't know how the the show was, but I know a lot of Broadway shows are pretty sparse on details. One to save on money, but also because it, you know, you get to do the theater of the mind thing and just let your brain fill in the blanks, which includes suspending a lot of disbelief. Yes. Whereas in the movie, they have to like put they have Actually to really put things, work in yeah. to be like, no, this is this is what's really go. This is the the scene this is you know these guys are all actually high schoolers and this is actually in a high school and you know so it's a lot harder to do it on in, yeah. on a movie it's kind of weird because since i live close to new york city i get a lot of advertisements for broadway shows which is not something you get outside of the new york metro area mm-hmm. and i've never heard of this one so I don't know how popular. I mean, judging from the comments, it was really popular, but yeah, it's just weird yeah, I, that I've never asked, heard uh, of it. I asked Kristen because uh, she's a big Broadway person. Um, like, what, what's the big deal? Because <laughs> I'm like, I, what's the deal? And they didn't. What's the deal so, with Dear Evan Hansen? He kills himself. Doesn't um big deal spoilers. <laughs> Would she be well, happier seeing like a Hades Town thing? Because I know people are like, "That's the that's the fucking show is Hades Town." People love theater kids love that shit. Oh, do they? Yeah, I don't. I don't um, even know if they want that to be a. I've I've never seen the show to be honest, um, but I know it, a lot of theater aficionados have have a spot in their hearts for that that show. And I don't even know if they want a movie out of that. They're like, don't, don't fuck it up, don't turn it into a movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's the world of I, I haven't the, heard of that one. The world of theater. Yeah, man, it's crazy. That's a whole different world. I don't know about. Let's see, any more shithole trailers we got? I, I mean, there are some really crappy Netflix dumps, but not worth it. All right, so let's move on to the follow-up where we take a look at how some of these movies we talked about on Treywatch do in the box office and critically in some cases. So for weekend number 20, oh, my God, we're cruising through this year. Nuts. We're almost halfway. Jeezy Pete's. May, yeah, we're like six weeks away from being halfway through the year. Yeah. That's uncomfortable. Yes. Uh, May 14th or 16th, 2021. Leading the charge this week is Spiral opening to a gross of $8.7 million in 2,800 theaters. 3000 per theater take. Um, gotta be... I don't know. I don't know what they expected to make, but that seems a little, little low. I guess there isn't a lot of excitement about a lot of these movies. We kind of blew our load with Godzilla vs. Kong, and everyone was like, oh, theaters are back. But I guess it was just that movie that uh, really drove theater business. But Spiral's out, and uh, it happens to be our spotlight film, because I was very intrigued 
by the concept of Chris Rock uh, being in a Saw movie. And then when they said, oh, it's not going to be like Saw, it's going to be like Seven. I was even more in Tragwade. And uh, it seems as if they did not stick the landing as it currently sits at 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, 39% on Metacritic, and a very, very paltry 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, which is quite this low. This is my it does fucking have a, wheelhouse, kids. <laughs> it says a 76% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, let's see if there's the critics' consensus. Spiral from the Book of Saw suggests an interesting new direction for the Saw franchise, even if the gory sum is rather less than its parts. But who cares what professional critics have to say? They're not real people. They do this for a living. They have completely different ideas, and they're on the take from the major studios. So we have to go to real people. And where do real people live? The yeah, IMDb user review section. That's where they live. They carve out a piece of the net code. And they scurl in and they burrow. They're, they're blockchain. They're all blockchained up. It's um, like otters. They they hold blockchain to keep from drifting away onto the into the dark web. Um, and I'll start with a ten out of ten from Megan Mayhem dash nine zero seven one nine. Not the old saw but a new game. A lot of people will go into this film with worries about the previous Saw films and expectations of what more could be done. The revision of the classic is somehow timely and modern, yet... Oh, I I guess revision as in it's a new vision, not... We've revised it. Yet has a vintage feel, stellar (laughs) acting by the entire cast with special notes of how impressed I was by how I began to forget that Chris Rock was, quote, Chris Rock, and that Sam Jackson's portrayal was subdued in a pleasant way that allowed him to be his character and not a caricature. Do you not know that Sam Jackson's a talented actor? <laughs> this bit the story was a Sam Jackson bit, guy. <laughs> the story was a bit more linear than I would have expected but it didn't detract from the overall narrative. And the traps. Oh, the traps. I can confirm that several of them had me wincing in my seat. Overall, a killer ride and a fresh new take. Three out of nine found that helpful. Thanks, Ebert. I'm surprised the plot wasn't more of a spiral shape. <laughs> it's interesting that it's like, I didn't like the story. The story was more linear, but it didn't detract from the overall narrative. Isn't Isn't the story... The narrative? It's the narrative? <laughs> like, it's like, I, don't a, know I how saw a Reddit comic today talking about, like, some movie or whatever. They're like, uh, some franchise. It's like, it's, 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 um, it, it's, been, no, fuck it. I, I fucked it up. It's like, it hasn't been as bad since the first one. It's only getting worse. And the guy's like, just pick one. Is it getting bad? Or is it as bad as it's ever been? Yeah. So, we got we got a one out of ten. We got a few one out of tens, which is good to see. There's one I want to read, but it's I think it's got a little bit too much spoilers, so I'm just gonna skip that. Uh, but they did say they would rather die in a saw trap instead of watching this film. Three exclamations after that. C Martinez was not happy with it, uh, but instead Coderhead said one out of ten. He's got good taste in by games. Saw standards, yeah. Bad by Saw standards. So, okay, he's already setting up. We're just comparing this to 
saws, other, you know, reciprocating and, and whatnot. Jig. Wood and metal saw. Band. Um, Gravity. Yeah, yeah. yeah all saws. those different kinds of saws. And this one just did not perform as well. We were very disappointed. Even given the quality and track record of the Saw movies, this was an awful attempt at a murder porn with a story. Every actor was terrible. Both writers ran the script through Google Translate, and the director must have had every single decision overridden by the editors. It was a film made by a team of people who never met and couldn't agree on what the film was supposed to be. It felt like a high school play, just awful. One of the worst things about the film is the assumption that you have goldfish levels of memory. So nearly every scene contains a flashback to the scene before it. Remember what happened 25 seconds ago? That was foreshadowing. Boom! Everyone's dumber for having this exist. Six out of 16 found it doubtful. <laughs> man. Oh, man. I want to watch it now. Yeah, the, the middling ones aren't too hot on this either. Um, from Sveta Eva 25A19, with her 6 out of 10, this is on the higher side, with the title Sadness. Profound sadness. I'll do this in my in my Russian woman accent. I love Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson so much. Oh, Winzip, get out of here. They have my heart and my soul. I don't know if they're good people or not, but I trust them and I want to see all their new projects. And this, they lied to me. Trailers and teasers were intriguing. This is French now. I thought that Chris Rock will do something that Jordan Peele did. Like, like, we we know that, I'm fucking done. We know that good comedians can make good horrors. Here in Spiral, we're nothing about good horror movie. The plot was so predictable. The actors were bad. The visual effects were unbelievable old. I don't see anything funny or interesting here. I'm surprisingly disappointed. Don't waste your time. It will not give you pleasure. Two out of four found it helpful. Um, Unbelievable old. Unbelievable Unbelievable old. old. Drastic go down. Drastic. Um, My One of our favorite tropes here when we do the IMDb user reviews is the actually a different score than the Mm -hmm. score given. (laughs) And I always have to put one of those in here. I, I try to like give you an actual good review of the movie uh, as well now. But uh, here's Chocolate Lover 333 <laughs> uh, with a 10 out of 10 review. A wasted potential. As a huge fan of the Saw series, I was excited for this. And after the disappointment that was Jigsaw, unfortunately, it did not live up to expectations. The story itself was promising. As was the direction, there are clear nods to Darren Lynn Bousman's previous Saw efforts, especially number four. Uh, I'm assuming that means something to someone. However, it fell flat and ended up becoming a very mediocre movie. Period M. New paragraph. I gave this a 6 out of 10. I give this a 6 out of 10. However, I'm rating it 10 as I would like to see more entries, especially ones going back to the John Kramer storyline. Hoffman should definitely be brought back. Yes, because your your star rating on IMDb 
That'll uh, do determines it. whether or not another movie is going to be made. Nothing to oh do with God. the amount of money it makes. Um, Bad movie, but 10 out of 10. Let's up those ratings. That was he was a he was just a bad actor in these in the sea of IMDb great actors who who make amazing reviews and do the Lord's work really. Um, the one I wanted to read earlier uh, did give it their own rating, but it was the same as the rating that they gave it on IMDb. Oh. So they reiterated one out of ten in the review. I think that should be applauded. Uh, but instead, I'm going to go with the most prolific reviewers review because apparently that's a way to sort this. Okay. <laughs> so one out of ten from Loric, Loricky, Nacio, Nacio. I don't know. Drugs the shithead bear shame of sin. Uh, Can you read that I, one I again, Jake? Shithead. I assume it's shithead because it's asterisked out. Uh, drugs, the shithead bear shame of sin. That's amazing. I don't That's... think there was a single... Like, those are words, but they don't go together. Yeah, I, there was not a single coherent thought anywhere in there. <laughs> I think they were trying to go for something else, but I think they missed it. I think they were aiming for the target and then just... But <coughs> wide right. Drugs, the shithead bear shame of sin. <laughs> I think the, I think the review's gonna be good too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have another say. This movie was a massive disgrace to Saw two thousand four. Period. Which was bad enough. Period. It's too bloody. It's too two and <laughs> it's too bloody too. <laughs> it's too bloody Wrong too. Too fast, and too so bloody. So many bad jokes. Yeah, what is this fast and the furious? <laughs> too bloody, too furious. It's too bloody too and so many bad jokes of adult. It's just an order idea. The writer is very disgusting. The songs are cringe. The director is awful. The producer is worst. The easy. Way too far. This is this is the oh totally God. insane he, and hard. These prolific reviewer are all his fucking reviews run through Google Translate like this. This is amazing. <laughs> it's worst horror movie in the world. Okay, I gotta go. I gotta go find out because he did review a lot. Yeah, I'm looking at all these. Yes, they're all like incoherent. Wrath of Man, awesome. Besides, I like Guy Ritchie. I like this movie when it's rated R, just like Radhi, your most wanted Bahi. It perfectly dickly of the main section, section, section of the section while I was a teen. Oh, this guy is totally like Indian. Radhi of. Roddy, your most wanted Baha'i has to be like a like an Indian Bollywood movie. I love the one uh, for the virtuoso. Fuck. Okay, you know what? It's a stupid movies that I ever seen. It's too it's very too many cancerous and sex nonstop. This movie was NC seventeen. Okay, so the whole uh, I, I didn't have to go far to find a uh, a clearly Bollywood movie. Yes, yep. So uh Mumbai Saga. 
This is the best movie of 2021. I stand that it's way better than Sunia 2021 film to the stand. How was good, painful action pack movie. Uh, then Indu Ki Jawani. This movie was wasted of time. WTF. I tried to say that this movie trash, in my opinion, on it. Tried to watch some good Indian movie like Kabar Singh Pudua Baghai trilogy and more good Indian movie. Um, He's got a review for Things Heard and Seen. That's a cool for me. Wow, I like this horror movie. In my opinion, since the movie was going too good like the Mitchells versus the Machines, dude. Stowaway, and Thunder Force. Dude. This, this guy called Thunder Force one of the funniest movie ever made. No. no. Stop. I Stop will it. doing about this movie was going to save the world with Thunder Force with the entire arrival of the best. What did he actually review it as, though? I wonder. I would assume a 10 out of 10. Um, click on it. Yeah, ah. I don't know how you, you go to that. Um, There's a lot. That I, he just has a lot of stuff. This is fantastic. Mortal Kombat, yo, good movie. About this movie was excited on April 23rd in HBO Max today. It's going to be great. He gave ten, a 10 out of 10. I love that movie because uh, it's very. He gave Thunder Force a 10 out of 10. Yep. You know what? I actually think I remember seeing that review when we did Thunder Force. Um, oh, Bad Trip. 10 out of 10. Best movie ever. No wonder why I like this rated R because it's Brock's big time. I don't know Wait. why people from India have like the worst typed English. But they do. I Generally. Don't can't assume anything although i i will say that he has reviewed the robot the roblox movie the last guest which apparently there are roblox movies on imdb which that's fucking news to me uh, there's a lot of shit on imdb um all right so i i do gotta we i do gotta kind of finish it off this one is we're gonna we're gonna like let you down with a wet fart here but um we got one last one. Five out of ten here from Tim D three. Uh, Chris Rock, seriously? Am I dreaming? How much did he influence Reed pay the franchise to take part in it? Are there any sane producers that thought yes, casting a guy renowned for comedy is a splendid idea? Is it the connected Hollywood machine rearing its ugly head? It's hard to take the actor serious, despite him trying very hard even bolstered with comedic script lines. The real comedy is that Saw of all franchises is greedy enough to do stunts like that. Using the original Saw music and homage does not do anything. The, Emperor, the Emperor's new clothes come to mind. I guess all the original writers and staff left these, left and these are the scraps they throw to whatever is left of the Saw, the Saw audience nowadays. This is 6 out of 10. People found out. This dude just like fucking Pepe sylvia Hollywood here. Yes, they're they're saying they are insinuating that Chris Rock did not get paid, but paid to be in this movie. I mean, wouldn't you? Yes, I. Some of these people, man. 
All right. I just wanted to meet Sam Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they never met. Um, it was a Make-A-Wish for Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> He's dying. He's dying, Jim. Uh, Raph of Man in second place, down 55%, $3.7 million. Those Who Wish Me Dead, which I think is on streaming, um, opened in 2.8, uh, opened in third with $2.8 million. Demon Slayer Mugen Train stays in the top five, down 42%, but good enough for four for $1.77 million. Ryan the Last Dragon holding down that fifth spot. It's had a monopoly on that for ages, it seems. Uh, down 11.4%, so pretty good retention. It's a part of Disney's contract that can't go below five within the first 12 weeks of <laughs> opening. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong down all the way to sixth this week, down 23.5%, dropped by 221 theaters. But it has made a nice $427 million worldwide, plus whatever it brought in for HBO Max. Mortal Kombat falling four places down to seventh. This is not looking great for Mortal Kombat these days, folks. Four weeks in, already down a lot. Uh, 44.8% again this week, being dropped by 508 theaters. It's made $77 million worldwide. Gotta feel like that's maybe not making the money back. Uh, well, no, it budget was 55 mil. But then you have to factor uh, in advertising and shit. Mm-hmm. Worldwide was 77 mil. Yeah. Um, and then that's not even accounting for their HBO Max subscriptions. I, again, I also don't know how... No clue how that factors into it. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, it's it's really difficult to say how that factors into the bottom line. And then you, you have... The production budget was 55 million, but then advertising and all that. So I don't. And this was a heavily advertised movie. I feel it like it was too. very heavily advertised for sure. They probably, I could easily see them dumping another fifty million into advertising. Um, Finding You opens an eighth with nine hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Um, Finley, a talented aspiring violinist, meets Beckett, a famous young movie star, on the way on her, on the way to her college semester abroad program in a small coastal village in Ireland an unexpected romance emerges as hot heartthrob Beckett leads the uptight Finley an adventurous reawakening and she emboldens him to take charge of his future it's hmm. a rom-com zom um, <laughs> profile <laughs> profile opens in 9 735 that's a callback ladies and gentlemen go watch our Shaun of the Dead episode to get that joke Mm-hmm. Um, profile an undercover British journalist infiltrates the online propaganda channels of the so-called Islamic State only to be sucked in by her recruiter oh boy that's not going to be controversial oh did you see that Amazon Prime was putting out like a fucking you know those two guys that Borat hung out with in Borat 2 in the cabin yeah. they made a whole, they're making a whole fucking show about those oh guys God. and trying to like get them out of con- Q conspiracy theories and it's oh, not geez. near it doesn't look nearly as entertaining of course not because there's no professional comedian to guide the action yeah, yeah let me see to um, lead them on sasha barrow cohen has a preternatural ability to like lead people into 
whatever he wants them to say or do. Well, it'd be fucking hysterical as if they did do Sasha Baron Cohen as, like, a moderator to, like, try to get them out of it, and he, like, played somebody else other than Borat. Like, he, he did another character. Debunking Borat. So it just hurts. Oh dear. It hurts me. It really it's really fucking impossible to wrap my head around how people can believe in this stuff still after all the refutations and the shit that they predicted not coming to transpire. Like I, there's this uh my friend, my, my buddy Ethan, I, he suggested we check it out on the show, but it's a little too political, I think, for, for the show. But apparently there's a QAnon documentary on HBO Max um, that is pretty good if you want to dive into that rabbit hole and see how the other half lives. Um, here today falls three spots down from 7th to, to 10th. $535,000 movie so unrealistic because it has a black person and a white person being friends. <laughs> unrealistic. So unrealistic. Can never happen. It's too woke. It's Billy Crystal gone woke. <laughs> that review is so funny. It's just, There's a black person in the movie, so it's, it's woke now. Uh, gaming news. Not a ton to talk about in gaming news. I, I haven't got as far into Mass Effect Legendary Edition as I'd like. I will review the Legendary Edition of each game individually. I'm not as deep into Mass Effect 1 as I'd like to be at this point in time, but I'm working on it, uh, and I should have that by mid-June at the latest, um, hopefully sooner than that. Uh, but there is other stuff. Uh, Mass Effect related news, no less. No Man's Sky is gifting players with the Normandy SR1 for uh, completing its latest expedition, um, which is cool. No Man's Sky is uh, dipping its toes in the Fortnite crossover pool of late, getting some licensed stuff in there. Uh, also added into No Man's Sky, I saw this not on a news website, but on my NVIDIA GeForce driver install page. <laughs> uh, apparently, No Man's Sky is one of eight new titles to implement dynamic learning super sampling, also known as DLSS. Um, which, if you are unfamiliar, basically renders out the game at a lower resolution and uses machine learning upscaling to scale it up to... Uh, high resolution, usually uh, it will render out at like 1080p and upscale to 4K. Um, it's a pretty seamless uh, technology that really does do wonders for performance increases. Cyberpunk 2077 would like not be playable without it. <laughs> That's where I think I saw people fiddling with that. I think I was watching like a Linus Tech Tips and they were fiddling with different uh performance enhancing uh settings and dlss was one of the ones that you like always had to have on to get the best performance uh especially with like lower end graphics cards yeah so um it's it's one of the reasons why it, 
honestly, I think DLSS is the real technology they should be selling RTX cards on because mm-hmm. ray tracing, I can take it or leave it. LTT actually did a video of like, is ray tracing a complete waste of money? And like, only Anthony on their staff could identify which was ray traced and which was not reliably. And he's like, because ray tracing is, is basically like better shadows, correct? It's It's lighting. So it, it allows yeah, yeah, yeah. the, so ray tracing is a technique that's been around in like animation for years. And it's how they get like really accurate lighting in their scenes. Previously, it took ages to render out. Now we have the technology where this can be done in real time. But because this couldn't be done in real time for so long, developers have gotten really good at creating things like spectral maps to kind of fake a lot of the ray tracing, uh, lighting you would see and they've gotten good enough to a point where a lot of times it can be really difficult to tell the difference between a ray traced and non-ray traced scene and even when it is really obvious um the performance hit usually not worth it in my opinion at least I've, there are, there are ray tracing defenders who love it swear by it i'm not one of those guys um I think DLSS is a much more impressive technology and the reason to get an RTX card if you're on the fence about it. Um, but no one can buy a graphics card anyway, so <laughs> I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, Crisis 2 is getting the remastered treatment following Crisis Remastered's uh, successful launch, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Crisis 2 was not... Um, nearly the meme that crisis one was because it was the the updated cry engine like ran properly on modern hardware because they had seen that we weren't going to get dual core processors clocked at eight gigahertz (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that wasn't the direction we were going um not a lot else going on in the gaming world this week Unfortunately, been pretty quiet. A lot of people are just bearing down, working through Mass Effect Legendary Edition right now. Um, there is uh, some good news, maybe, on the GPU front. Um, NVIDIA is putting in a lot more anti-mining measures in their next batch of cards, uh, lowering the hash rate severely. That, coupled with the minor crypto crash that is currently happening, mm-hmm. could see... Uh, a big sell-off of GPUs and CPUs possibly hitting the used market. Um, However, there's a big conspiracy theory out about it. Oh. Not well, not really conspiracy theory. It's like people people called the crash beforehand. There was like a like a I don't know if there's any kind of insider trading for cryptocurrency. It'd be this where there was like a coordinated mass sell-off that would crash the price down to about thirty thousand. And it hit that exact amount before it rebounded. Um, unlike the same day that they said it happened, they said it was going to happen. Yeah, I mean that so, could be. That's could be coincidental. It could be coordinated. It, I'm not sure, but they say they the, the same people say that it it should rebound back to new highs that they've never seen before, and that all could just be speculation or whatever. But the important part is that it is down pretty significantly. From where it was, um, I mean, it was at yeah. what sixty, seventy thousand, 
67? Is that what it was at? And then yeah, it, it went plummeted down to about 30. It, 30 it lost about 60% of its value, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got yeah, all, the, all of them did, too. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. All, I was just going to say, all the, like, pretty much all the cryptocurrencies lost about 60% of the value. Like Dogecoin, they all follow the same trend. Uh, you know, they all plummeted down to about 60% of their value and then did a slight rebound on uh, what, Thursday, Friday, yeah. something like that. I'm glad you elaborated on, like, calling the uh, crash. I'm like, well, yeah, I I call a crypto crash, too, because there's nothing backing it. Like, it's all sure. just <laughs> nebulous. Yeah, it, it was like it was. I guess there was a Reddit thread that came out that somebody was like, or some blog post or whatever, that they were like, "Oh, there's these certain people in China are are coordinating a mass sell off, and they had specific times and dates that it was going to happen, and then it it pretty much accurately reflected what they said was going to happen. So that kind of gave credit to possibly a big rebound that's going to happen. Yeah, well, I have no way of knowing if that is going to happen. There's <clears throat> crypto is in a weird state of flux right now because there's a massive push to get uh, Bitcoin and other um, uh, coins to be mined by uh, renewable energy instead of coal, which in China right now, where there's the large percentage of mining happening, is uh, uh, powered by by coal energy, yeah. and that's, yeah, they're electrical. They, they, they don't I, like that. My only contribution in, to this is that I saw a story uh, yesterday, I believe, which said that they're making the Charlie bit my finger video into an NFT. Ah! Uh... And now you <laughs> the the video will be owned by uh, some person, and I don't know it'll what be that taken means. Taken off the internet. No, it won't. Uh. But. The, the internet lasts forever, folks. Don't don't spend your money on an NFT. I'm still gonna laugh at that funny video on YouTube when it's still up or re-uploaded by whoever it's gonna be re-uploaded by. Yes, uh, because it is possible for people to save a video and then re-upload it. Yes, mm-hmm. that's how the internet the NFTs are just so dumb. I I can't wrap my head around <laughs> yeah. it. It's the same thing with like cryptocurrency, where I can't like the only thing I can wrap my head around with crypto is like. It's uh, it's secure and it doesn't go through like the banks to process mm-hmm. transactions. Can I just? Uh, and it can be. Uh, I would rather just pay a serial arsonist to burn down a square mile of the Amazon rainforest and then get video footage of it and be like, "This is the same as that, as you owning the Charlie bit my finger video." See, he even <laughs> signed it that I own this this square mile of devastation. This fucking disaster. Um. Mass Effect Legendary Edition has gotten another update, patch 1.02, which adds some more cosmetic improvements. I've been very pleased with the support that the game is receiving, um, where everything that was kind of like... They're fi- they're touching up stuff as it goes, as people are playing, and they're pointing out, hey, you know, this could look a little better, this could look a, be- a little better. They're going back and working on that, which is wonderful. Uh, very happy to see that. Uh, it's another 12 hefty update. This one's 12 gigabytes. The last one was 9. And then the one before that was 7.8. So they're uh, they're they're not holding back on the textures. So in Mass Effect, they once again improved terrain textures. Um, the difference between uh, day one and patch one on terrains in Mass Effect was pretty big. So I'm, I'm hoping to see even more improvement there. 
they fixed an issue where kills for achievements and trophies weren't tracking correctly. Uh, they improved generally they, across the trilogy. They improved iris shaders for better interaction with light and ambient occlusion and minor calibration fixes and stability improvements. Mass Effect and Mass Effect 2 resolved an issue where the character code would sometimes not display in the squad menu. That's for like your face, your head morph. Um, improvements to pre-rendered cutscenes to reduce occasional artifacts. I never noticed any artifacts, but I'm not super deep into the game, so maybe that were they were later things. I'm on Novaria right now, and I'm very interested to see if they fix the issue where in Novaria you're fucking the lighting would be weird. Oh, yeah. And we had oh, to turn my. off the global lighting and everything looked kind of flat <laughs> because otherwise you were just a, a black mass of pixels. I am. I am dark matter. <laughs> um, That's ex- that's why I'm doing Novaria first. Usually I don't do it first, but I wanted to see uh, if it <laughs> worked properly now. In Mass Effect 2, they improved lighting and shadows in some cinematics, minor visual rendering VFX improvements on some levels. Resolve minor text issues with achievements. Mass Effect 3, they fixed an issue where kills for achievements were tracking properly. I have jumped in to just look around in Mass Effect 2 and 3. Um, I want to give it the whole playthrough before I make any sweeping judgments, but um, because they're newer, they didn't do as much to modernize them, and kind of as a result, they don't feel too different, which isn't a bad thing. Even if they just sold you an up Mass Effect trilogy, that'd still be worth the $60, in my opinion. But, uh, the, uh, you get a little spoiled by how, uh, how much they improved Mass Effect 1, that you kind of like, oh yeah, I want this to be on all the games, but the other games are like, we didn't have as much to fix, and you're like, yeah, that's, that's fair. But still, it kind of seems well, like you? a little bit of a letdown. Did <laughs> you do it? Uh, yeah, that's that's all we have really for gaming news. Not a whole lot going on right now, so I guess we can can still talk about games a little bit. It's a fucking show loosely based on a video game. Vasylcania. Castle Banya. Vampire. I would have preferred to watch Castle Banya with Kenny Banya's dracula that would have at least been Crazy. more perversely entertaining could you be any more demonic <laughs> i think this was the best season of castlevania that they've come out with yet i mean there's an argument for that excited for true. season five <laughs> the- uh no i think so also uh to begin this this is supposedly the last season of castlevania in this storyline However, there might be spin I could the see future. them... Well, it'd be very easy for them to do another season of mm-hmm. Castlevania where it's like, okay, uh, Richter. We're going to follow Richter's story now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or Soma. I feel like that's the I big would, one. His. I would hate for them to touch Rondo of Blood or Symphony of the Night because those are great games, and I do not trust the people behind Castlevania to tell the story uh very well when okay. yeah i should you know in hindsight you know i i remember looking back at the first season and i was you were like, kind of down on the first season compared to jake I and i i was um, um one of the things i was like they couldn't they didn't license the music so we didn't have any castlevania music in our castlevania thing maybe that should have been a sign yeah that they weren't gonna 
make this a Castlevania. This this is really Castlevania in name only. Like so I checked out why why Castlevania season 1 was so short. Um apparently in the mid 2000s there was supposed to be a movie that was released um and uh they just kind of basically took the script and cut it up into a four episode thing and at the time uh Netflix saw this was uh, again remember the time that Castlevania season 1 came out there wasn't a whole lot of Netflix original animations out mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of seen as a risk. So they were kind of like testing the waters. So Castlevania season one was kind of important with how, uh, it kind of got really popular and kind of paved the way for a lot of really good, uh, animated shows that came out after it, like Love, Death and Robots and Blood of Zeus. Zeus. Yeah. It didn't look that great. Um, I, apparently people liked it. Uh, some people liked it. I I watched a couple episodes. I thought it was okay. I just need to watch the rest of it probably to. Mm-hmm. Actually, I loved Love, Death, and Robots. That was that was awesome. I've seen a little uh, bit. Of second it. season. Second season, I was less of a fan of because it was shorter and mm-hmm. it just kept on hitting the same note, and there wasn't as much variety. But the first volume, there was like, oh my god, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I will say this: this season didn't hurt my soul until like the end, when I was like, I was calling every twist. I was like, oh. the middle two episodes were actually good. Like Isaac's story arc, the the resolution yeah, of that best. Love this was guy. actually well. Isaac is the only good character because he's the only one who has any sort of arc or development. Everyone else mm-hmm. just kind of stays in a state of suspended animation. I'm sorry. Cypher swearing does not count as character development. <laughs> no, but how could you how could you say that Alucard didn't have a, a complete character arc where at the end of season three, we thought he was going down this dark path that would follow his father, and he was sort of starting to become like Dracula. And he was betrayed by a bunch of people. He was giving up hope on people. And then he had this kind of this come to light uh, situation where he helped out this village. Now, it wasn't as it seemed like it was as much of a turmoil. They form. didn't. Uh, the reason it doesn't really feel like Alucard has an arc because they they spend so little time with him in the entire show, and it's just kind of like he he moves. He's going to watch over Dracula's castle, and he's moved it near the Belmont Estate because that's. That's what he felt he needed to do. And then these two people show up and it's not like he's antagonistic to them. He takes them in and teaches them and they try to kill him. And he's like, oh, well, that went poorly. And he broods for like half an episode. And he's like, oh, I'm going to show up at this village now. Like there isn't a low point. Like he doesn't go through a very pronounced transformation to be more like Dracula. That's what they were trying to do, but they did not write the story well enough to go well if they well if they went to that point and they brought him to that point of like being like dracula that might not have been as much of a return or could have been much of a return i think they he was saved before he even got to that point which I think well that is, then is there's no arc good for if, if he doesn't turn then there's no redemption there's well, he no was going towards that part that point. he like took a step like, even they, one step they mentioned he was they mentioned he was this brooding guy who never went out uh, you know, and he had people on stakes. He added to that, like, 
he added to that that group of of things on stakes in front of his castle like the 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 two people were the first ones but then he like kept on putting shit up in front of his castle to keep people away and they even mentioned that when he's at the village yes they they tell it through the and wonderful storytelling although, device of tell although they <laughs> were well they also show it too well, they were the other thing is which is a side note and they were night creatures so we know that he's not a bad guy he didn't kill any more people he only kills yeah, when it's yeah, justified they were all they night creatures, creatures. So. he's a big softy underneath because i mean how else are, how else are the shippers gonna make their fucking that was supposed their, to their like, quad orgy can, at the end yeah you can easily say hey the fucking night creatures on stakes are meant to drive away other night creatures be like oh let's not go over here like it's not they i i think they wanted to tell the descent he's becoming his father story but they didn't give him any fucking screen time to tell the story i just i don't think they put enough stuff in the season does did anyone else catch this while yes during those scenes did anyone catch their tendency to like repeat lines yes and then immediately the most egregious not it's not even a repeated line but the most egregious fucking thing is alucard shows up at the village saint germain comes out of the outhouse and they immediately go to the flashback of his origin story you had a whole fucking season where nothing happened for like six episodes you couldn't tell the saint germain origin story in that season you had the fucking immediately yeah, cut I, away from Alucard, who we've seen for like I, ten minutes all fucking series. Yeah, I I agree that, and and I have such a um, iffy time with the whole Saint Germain because I thought he was like a really weak spot in season three, and to see him actually return in season four, I was like, oh fuck! <laughs> like again, like I was so kind of disappointed that he was back. And I, I like what they did with his character towards the end. Um, but again, yeah, you're right. I mean, they should have, like... I thought they had enough time with St. Germain to flesh him out pretty well in Season 3. This should be our time to be, like... Uh, to explore more Alucard yeah. and how he's interacting with people and interacting with St. Germain. They, and being more untrustworthy of If him they knew that this was going to be their last season then it's inexcusable all these writing errors that they have in the story because you should not be establishing new characters in the final season of your show when you're supposed to be wrapping up all the storylines you've set up because they they went pretty ambitious they set up a lot of different stuff and they they kind of tied it all together i think that's what hurt season three and season four in the biggest way is that there's so much story that they're trying to tell in 20-minute episodes where I think this would have been a little bit better if it might have been longer or if they had saved... Uh, they were... Spread it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, the only way I could think of is like... Because if you if you want to fit all this stuff in, you either cut part of it or you make the episodes longer so you can fit the required amount in. Yeah. And... I'm leaning either towards the make it longer because I love the animation and I love the action sequences. Um, but if you got to do anything, at least cut some of it. Like some of the uh, vampire sisters that were going out. Like, like was that really necessary no, to see like... the vampire sisters go out and, and be conquering different lands? The only thing it accomplishes is 
um, is really seeing that immortality has like consequences of like getting bored and and will they be happy? Like what? <laughs> at what point are they? Are they? Uh, you know, satisfied? remember when Sturga had day armor kind of for like ten minutes and then yeah. they never brought that up again. <laughs> That's it. Well, yeah, yeah, no they climactic conflict. Fucking scene, it was just like, it. oh man, that's We're... it's really emblematic of my major problem with how this show is made, is that it it is so unfocused, and they just throw shit in there and never touch it again so often mm-hmm. that it becomes really impossible to care about anything. That happens in the show. See, but they do that sometimes, but then sometimes they pay it off. Like with the couple times that Trevor did it, where he found that the the spinning sword, and then that actually helped him out later on uh, in later episodes. And then he also started picking up the pieces of a weapon and the jewels and and assembled this right. uh, MacGuffin at the end that would. What it would, what I will like give them the a little bit of credit for that. Um, I will say that is a low bar because that was yeah. that was the uh, series that was the game tie-in, and that was the lit- it was like Chekhov's crossed blade. <laughs> it was the most yeah. Chekhov's gun thing they could have done. So I'm glad they at least did pay that off. But um, yeah, hey, there are mo- there are. Moments in this show that I just it's they've washed over me by this point. So we might need to retread what happens in this show or in this um, season so I can like it can come back to mind. Um, so the first thing I mean, is that the the big spoiler warning. Yeah, also too, I mean, we've spoiled a fair amount four. already. We're going to spoil yeah, more. Seen it. Um, yeah. End of season three felt like it was leading up to at least a two season long arc of the return and final destruction of Dracula or whatever. There was a, it was a big conspiracy season that was like, okay, now we're going to see. And they kind of, I don't know. I feel like they, they cleaned up a lot of shit in episode one. Episode one was like a, where are they now? Here's a recap. Even though Netflix provides a recap for the show, they recapped on the recap. Um, and just put in fight. There's like eh, fight scenes, fight scenes. It's death, dude. Hey, it's death. And, you know, the fight scenes. Not really impressed anymore. I I can't. <laughs> uh, what the fuck? No, fight scenes were amazing. They were, they made compared me think, to Invincible. I, I will be with Kurt on this. They made me think of the remember Dragon. Some of the openers for Dragon Ball Super. Yes, very little animation, very choppy looking. They're just there. It seemed like their philosophy was if we put a lot of gore in there, people won't notice how crappy the animation looks. And if you compare it to Invincible, it just it's it's really, really night and day in terms of the you can wipe that stupid look off your face, Jake. It's not going to change our mind that you're so fucking wrong in this holy go for shit. it jake you are so are you uh, kurt you are right like 10 percent of the time but like right now you're like so incredibly wrong like comparing this to invincible the last which, two episodes of invincible took 
all of its budget and threw it at the fucking voice actors because they needed to have J.K. fucking Simmons in here to voice Omni-Man. And then they had a scene, they had such night and day animation scenes where they have amazing animation for like one bit, but then it's just copy and paste crows falling out of the fucking sky. And then talking animation is just like, Oh yeah, because Castlevania's talking mouth. animation, you know, the, the fucking faces really match the voice lines. Yeah, they're really, really great at that in Castlevania. No, but at least they had expressions and they moved around they, when they They have talk. mono expressions. Their expression literally does not change as the tone of their voice changes. But then to say that the battles, the, the fighting scenes... They're were, unimpressive. Like every time, I'm sorry, uh, they're, they're unimpressive. extremely impressive. This has been the most action that Castlevania's gotten all, like, all Quantity versus quality, Jake. Yes, there's more action in this, but it's not well animated. It just isn't. I think it's very well animated, and it's very good uh, uh, action scenes as well. I would have thought that watching this mage just throw fire and ice everywhere would get boring after a while, but they somehow found a way to include her magic to be uh, creative and and different types of magic to uh, put in different fighting scenes. I felt scenes. it got boring after a while. <laughs> I, I didn't. They would always find different ways to incorporate her magic, and then the at the end when they incorporated the lightning, it's like fucking new power. I don't know. Everybody leveled up in the <laughs> fucking end of the last episode. I was all for that because it felt like a fucking video game. It's like find the MacGuffins to defeat death. Like that, you go find each key item to incorporate it, and that's how you beat death at the end. And then everybody leveled up and unlocked new abilities at the and end. And they all worked together as, as a team. That, that last, right second there, last episode was so fucking good. That right there is why it is difficult to adapt a video game. Because if you're actually playing it, if you are controlling the action, then yes, that sort of thing is a lot of fun. But when you are a passive observer, it's like, come on, let's let's wrap it up. And yes, there's there were parts of it that were good, but in mass, I don't think it was that great. I I, I agree to disagree because I, I, oh, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to convince you. At whatsoever, I think you got your mind made up, and I have my. So, all right, here's here's another fucking lava take here, a lava hot take. That fight scene, that whole sequence, at the what was it, the second last episode of the show, I fucking yeah, tuned out. That was that was nothing to me because I, I listened to the score, and the score was generic ass orchestra. There was no dialogue, there was no story. I get what it what it was very much there to have the action scene here's the action yeah. scene for the series and i was like all right i, I fast forwarded through like the last four minutes of the second to last episode because i was okay. i was a little I, bored I don't by know it exactly what you missed one of the things that i why i i don't get because it's just <laughs> the same why... shit over and over again they're killing night not. creatures it's, it's... oh look it's like we haven't seen that 18 times already this season like yeah, but this time it's finally you get to see them all three of them working together as a like team. Like we did in the second season. I, in contra in contrast, I will yeah, offer and this having up. an entire season off. Is, I will offer up huh? the night caravan to Alucard's castle. I like that one better. Because Which I like that, that whole sequence where they're trying to make it through the woods 
and he's fighting stuff all around him, and they're losing guys left and right, and they finally, like, the whole, the the arc of that, like, whole segment of the episode. I enjoyed that. I I think that did a better job at at creating tension. Because I've had to do Um, that in video games myself a lot, and it is fucking annoying when the dude at the back of the party starts dropping off. (laughs) Well, yeah, I, I think that's a, a good part. I think they should have included more of that in there where there's more collateral damage. They kind of had it a little bit when the first scene, when you first time you, he goes to the village and uh, they're getting attacked and like he has to protect the people who are, are squishy and will pop at the first uh, mention of a night creature <laughs> because they're just they're, they're squishy. They're, they're the expendable things here, but... Uh, you know that adds definitely attention when you're trying to save these villagers that they're trying to put emotional weight on. You know that they they did they did try to do that, and I think they succeeded a little bit in trying to say these people are you know come from all over the place. This is our home, uh, and we're we're trying to protect it from the night creatures. Uh, and some of them are just trying to survive. Yeah. So I think they did a good job of that. I think it was a better see better uh, environment. All around than season three's. Uh, I won't. Village I won't disagree that it's, it's, it's. This is better than season three. Like I, there's no argument for me there. I just. I don't think it's particularly impressive in any one department. Like there are parts that are enjoyable to watch in isolation, like the uh, the assault on Carmilla's place from Isaac. I like that. Yeah. I love this fucking was pretty good. Gotta catch them all, Isaac Mann. Yeah. <laughs> um, that <clears throat> that to me actually was the best action sequence of the whole thing. The fight between Isaac and Carmilla because it was very different in how it was presented, where I, he would like use the night creatures as weapons. I like, like the was, I, the yeah, part. Yeah, that part that sticks out to me is when the Alistair or whatever demon it was, like yeah. takes the hit for him. He chump blocks. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because you would think that like uh, who was who was like is Isaac, Isaac's the one with the knife, mm-hmm. right? He's yeah. fucking he's yeah, Castlevania he, Batman. <laughs> yeah, I, Isaac is the one that like, yeah, because you would assume he's like pretty squishy. He's just a human. He's he's got to be, you know, just one hit from a night creature will probably take him down. But you know, using his night creatures as like kind of an armor uh, was was uh, was mm-hmm. neat to see. And then they circumcised his plot. They fucking they cut off the tip, like because he's like, I got the castle yeah. now, I'm out. I I don't have I any. Was like I don't have twist. any closure. I'm not even on screen after that fight sequence. Like a twist, but also I guess that kind of completed his arc. It that, did. You know, like he that, he he had made his peace like with himself. Um, you know, it would have been nice if there was there was more from the most interesting character in the show, but. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of qualms with how they wrapped up his particular story, his particular story arc. I think across the whole series, the Isaac story is good. Mm-hmm. Everything it, else around it, it had a clear is through line. A little less. Hector less and, so. Hector and I, Lenore thought. All right, that tell one me was if weird. I'm wrong. Wasn't he like? I thought the whole point of that in season three was like, she's playing nice, but she inner at her core, she's as bad as the rest of them. And she yes. betrayed Hector yes. and turned that him into like a blood bonded sex thing. 
And I, I think that was how it started, but I think maybe over time she they tried to like flip they never showed that yeah they they just kind of presumed that they just they just said it happened um yeah and they tried to flip the script here where now hector is going to do the same thing to her uh when isaac shows up but then they're they did they didn't like really follow through with that because he's like oh no i actually love her it's like fucking why like (laughs) i i didn't understand why he like liked her because because he talked to her a he lot. Had sex? I mean, she did like, betray you. And... That was the yeah. I thought that was the big emotional twisting of the knife was that oh she was the only one who was nice to me. Oh fuck, she just played me this whole season. Yeah, it was all it was all a dream. I used to read Vampire magazine. That... <laughs> um, yeah, that was. I've always thought the like the vampire sister kind of area, even with like Camilla, she got a little bit better towards the end, but. Yeah, that I never really that cared whole for that thing. Was why, 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 why couldn't you just have it be the conflict between Dracula and the three main characters? Why I'm, couldn't that be what you built the show around? I can, I can fucking bet you what it was. Um, if they, I'm, I'm guessing this plan to go seven seasons, right? And part of that, one of the seasons, I can fucking bet you was going to be the Dracula. Uh, vampire Sisters War where Dracula and his hordes were fighting the vampire sure. armies and they were gearing up for that shit and that would have like I think that would have I have um, an alternate theory Brock closet here yeah um, and that is that they had their idea for a show and it looked like the Vampire Sisters story stuff and they said, we're probably not going to get a major studio to bite on this show as it's constructed. So if we maybe work some things around, we can slap the Castlevania name on it and get it picked up on Netflix. And so they 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 rushed through the part of this show that looked anything like Castlevania three in the first two seasons so they could make their whatever show they wanted. But I guess the popularity declined season over season. And that's why they had to wrap it up sooner than they expected. Cause it did feel like they were rushing to tie up all the story threads here in this season. Yeah. yeah. Cause from what I found out from what I looked up, the only of the like vampire sisters or vampire, cause they're not sisters. I would hope not because that makes uh, that fucking well, maybe- romance a little, a little less, kosher uh, vampire uh, females i don't know vampire uh, lesbian incest it's my yeah. favorite tab on Pornhub. Uh, from what i <laughs> <laughs> we're getting some weird they cover stuff. all they cover all uh, their bases by the end yeah camilla was the only one that is from like the game as far as i know the uh i have their uh, Striga, Morana, and Lenore, I don't believe were a part of the games, so... I wonder if Striga was just there Camilla so that they could and... have guard, have the tower armor, have, like, that reference. Yeah. Because that's a pretty famous Castlevania enemy. Um, they, and they did, I will say, they did bring out a lot of the classic monsters during the siege at the end, including whatever the fucking dinosaur thing was. 
I remember that's a yeah. classic oh, monster, yeah. but I don't can't for the life of me remember. And it it was just Godzilla. He <laughs> <laughs> got um, and then I guess at the at the end we can it culminates with uh with Saint Germain kind of coming uh, into his own as as a as a villain because uh, I believe he was uh, a villain or some sort of antagonist. He was the misguided um, villain he, who got played by the a, greater power. That trope. Yeah, they call him a su- the they call him a supporting character he, in. Uh, he was Def's pawn on this wiki. It it yeah. was it was what it was. I I don't know. I don't have a lot. They definitely changed his storyline around from the games, from mm. what I looked up, because he was a lot more important than I had guessed in season three. I thought he was going to be like maybe he'll come back in a few seasons or something. I don't I don't know. Uh, I actually wasn't really expecting him to come back right away in season four, um, and then to see him back and be uh, kind of a pretty. They probably didn't plot, think to bring I, him back. I think Netflix told him, "All right, you got one more," and they're like, "Ah, oh, shit." Yeah, <laughs> we're giving you the courtesy yeah, we didn't of, give to the fucking defenders. Season four seems like it does seem like a, a season four and five combined into one one season four for sure um and maybe they had planned on on saving the vampires which is kind of weird because, when you thing. think about how mm-hmm. how much like filler is in the season but maybe it was maybe it only felt like filler because they could only touch upon it a little bit and they had planned on going deeper I into guess. it like again i i bring around like the the, the whole underground the, court like, thing the two vampire like, girls was that going on yeah, what was the, the point ro- of that? The royal guard lady. Yeah, uh, I think it was just like a like a means to an end. Like they they had to set up this area that would like serve as a like a teleport function to get to vampire because they had to get Trevor. I mean, to, but you could just have. You know, they wanted to finish I don't. Up a, I feel like there's probably a better castle. way that's more like in line with the story that had already been tell versus. Just shoving in this new character and this whole other like weird conspiracy thing that doesn't really go anywhere. There's also you get the cross. He gets cross in a little bag yeah. of holy water. Yeah, that he fucking well, like, doesn't the, think to use in his fight against. Oh Ushankaman. yeah, fucking, I'm the I'm the perfect vampire. Dies immediately. Like that was like the worst part. That's like the worst example of tell don't show. They just kept having him say, oh, I'm perfect. I'm the best. I'm this. I'm that. And, and like, dude, you're new to this fucking season. <laughs> well, he had to use the holy water against Dracula, the hermaphroditic. The Androgyne. The that Rebus. Was weird. Yeah. The Rebus. I was like, is it, was that a... Uh, is that like a monster from uh, maybe, but it like, uh, maybe, but uh, I'm pretty sure it is an, alche- an alchemy thing. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know it if that's the great work. Dracula's, I always thought it was uh, the transmutation of base metals into gold. Yeah, like what, when she said, "Do you know what the end goal of alchemy is?" I'm like, turning lead into gold, creating the <laughs> philosopher's stone. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So Saint Germain got played real fucking hard. He got played so hard, his wife like left him from another dimension. She just looked. It's like, yeah, you fucking simp. Get the fuck uh, out of maybe here. his wife. Uh, we don't know the relation. We we're, we're left to assume that they were romantically. Oh, well, he did say he loved her, uh, but like that, yeah. that whole flashback thing where she never speaks and like 
mm-hmm. they go from meeting to being in love in one cut of the scene. <laughs> they were saving they were saving the other flashback where they fell in love for season five, but that mm-hmm. they can't do that. They were going to do another flashback showing how much. Yeah, he Dracula liked her. was going to come back, and then they were going to immediately cut away from him to a Saint Germain flashback. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, another Saint Germain flashback. Oh, there and so, yeah. So aside from this, um, yeah, some of the dialogue. There are some funny lines that, some intentionally, some unintentionally. Um, there's one where Alucard's in the village, and the lady, like the head lady, is like. You know, some of the children have been have been referring to you as father, and I'm like, and some of the ladies have been referring to him as daddy. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. He's a, fa- uh, he's he a was family a man now. Heart taker, and he, he um, drops down off the top of the castle to spook the kids. Oh, yeah. That was cute. Oh. He's, he's um, real good with the kids. I it was it was a humanizing. No, moment yeah, like I don't I don't hate that. It was just human. like a weird way to do that. You know, like. Hmm. You could have played with the kids in another way. Death, death's uh, dialogue at the end was mildly amusing. I was like, okay. It was very unlike what you would imagine a death character or some like elemental mm-hmm. spirit to act like. And because he kept on, he never got away from the Bar- um, fucking Varney of the, London. Yeah. yeah, the fucking Varney of London character. He never. Like, that was the death character, and I thought he would have a different kind of, like, characteristic trait, but it, no, he was just always... Because you doesn't now got Malcolm like McDowell. Yeah. You, you, you bought Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, and the fucking, the retconning of, oh, vampires are just a, a super evolved predator species, so if you put a geometric in their shape in their face, it confuses them. Uh, <laughs> to get around the Hindu vampire thing that you j- didn't even have to introduce... Um, and the, oh, death isn't really, it's not really actually death. It's just a, a fucking, you know, fucking elemental vampire thing that siphons on death energy. And it's like, no, death in Castlevania is fucking death. <laughs> and that's how powerful Dracula was that he fucking en- enslaved him to his will. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like important part of establishing Dracula. <sighs> they it, it felt like they wanted to make their own thing and they had to loosely tie it into Castlevania, which not if it was if it was better executed, I wouldn't have a problem with. And now but, this and the rushing of it also explains the end of the season uh, and oh, the fucking God, dialogue. Yeah. So this is and, probably the most cliche ending sequence or trope heavy ending to a show that I've seen in a long time. Like as soon as soon as they started talking, like, oh, it's been however long since I've seen Trevor. And first of all, you didn't see the body. When you don't see the body, you're mm-hmm. coming back. Yeah. And then they're it all It was like, literally the ending of Shining Force. Yeah. Where the player character sacrifices himself to kill Dark Dragon. He shows up in a field uh later mm-hmm. in the in the ending cutscene, and they're all talking about how much they love him and how much he was good, and they keep I'm like this is resurrected person talk. This is not how you, if a character perma dies, you don't people don't fucking reminisce on him like this. And then he shows up, and they go in the castle, and they have a four way. It's great. Um, and then the one, the ending that I really liked, that was I was more happy with, was the the uh, Dracula. What's the lady's name? Vlad and 
what's I, her I forget. I forget her, her, the way. Anna, Eva, 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 Eva. Uh, their ending, where they're just like, which was great because that was the original hook of the fucking show. Is like, oh, we get to see what's going through his head, like in the first episode. Yeah, Dracula it was, his was such story. a strong character that they did very little with. I think that more than anything is the major failing of the series is that you made a very interesting and compelling villain in Dracula and then you immediately relegated him to side status for this well, Carmilla only fucking story arc. Like only one season was about yeah, Dracula. Really the first like season. A quarter of this a quarter of the entire well, I mean I shouldn't say a quarter cuz season 1 was only like four episodes but like a quarter of it was just about dracula there was well there was actually one episode that had some dracula in it but that was more like flashback yeah and and like even in season two when it felt like they were building to okay this is gonna be it guys this is this is where it's gonna start to resemble dracula's curse the game they're gonna assault dracula's castle they're gonna fight the classic monsters they're gonna we're gonna work in references to the video games it's gonna be awesome but then it was like Dracula's going to summon his court of vampires. He's going to brood in his room for the entirety of the season while we establish all these other vampires that either aren't important or aren't important till later seasons or are going to die immediately and be of no consequence to the story. And then Dracula's going to die in a single episode. And then we're never going to bring him back. Remember and... the big four that they murked in one scene? Yes. <laughs> the the wizard court and Genghis Khan vampire. That just got <laughs> blown yeah. It They got the they got the glory of being at the end of the episode long violence montage. The show is to sum it up, it feels like a missed opportunity. I felt like this this could have been really good. Um but it never really it, it peaked early and uh, was in steady decline from there. I'm glad it'll have a place in Jake's heart forever. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're like Jake and you like it, I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't like it. I'm I'm just uh, I I don't I don't enjoy it personally. Oh, I think I know what what the reason is. It's because you lost all taste and like good like, yeah, media. Yeah, that's so, that's it's it. okay. It happens to the best sure, of sure, us. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, you, you, it's okay. It, it happens when you get to that age. You're older so than I am. Like get a little a testosterone booster, and you, know, you get to that. You got lower tea than I do. <laughs> I am all the tea. I'm on that androgel 1.62 percent. Um, no, I actually, I, I do, I do know. I think what the what the reasoning is, and it, we've mentioned it a couple times here, is that I think you've played the games. I've, uh, a lot more I think than I have. My, I have never played. My a major reasoning is just the writing on the show is terrible. Like, I can forgive substandard animation. I can I can forgive a lot if the show's writing and storytelling are good, but they weren't in this show. Like X Men the animated series, you go back and watch it, terrible animation. Like it's really fucking bad. <laughs> But the storytelling is really good. So I and the theme song kicks ass. So I, I remember it fondly, and and I'll, I'll go back and I wa- can watch it and enjoy it. This one, I don't know. I just I the characters weren't really well fleshed out a lot of the time. It it was really unfocused in what it was trying to tell 
in its story and the dialogue. My God, the dialogue sucked. <laughs> like it, it would have been I, it may have been good in a different show, but it didn't really work, in my opinion, for for this show. Yeah, I I, I didn't mind the, the dialogue, the, the writing, I thought. I agree. Some characters weren't as fleshed out as, as they could have been. Um, I thought it had a lot of wit. Uh, it, See, I felt I it, it tried it, it to tried be witty, some... but it kind of fell flat in a lot of instances. I, I thought it was witty. I thought it was witty in their own in their own way. I mean, you all got to take it into account. I mean, Trevor Belmont's not trying to be like a freaking comedian over here, uh, you know. And, and neither I'm actually curious, card. like the distribution of the screen time as the seasons go on. Which Trevor or uh, uh, Trevor? Yeah, I mean, I'd yeah, love it, to see it, the spread. Well, think, I'd love to see the bar I graph. Think everybody, I think everybody just has like, it just felt like no. In a weird way, it felt like nobody had a lot of yeah, because, because they, they tried had to, to tell too many they stories. Had to, they tie up they all had, the loose ends of the whole story. They had Hector's yep. story. They had Hector's story. They had the the vampire females story. They had Trevor Saifa. and and the Sypha. I always forget her name. That Alucard, and then Saint Germain. Uh, yep. Saint Germain. They had like five different stories running simultaneously, and they're hopping around to each one, trying to give them. And like Saint Germain's the newest character, so they they throw him in a little bit more. At least that's what happened in season three. Mm-hmm. Um, when like I thought the best parts of it were. Anything with like Trevor, uh, Sypha, and Alucard fighting together, um, I thought Alucard scenes when they fleshed out his story a little bit more were great. I really enjoy his character. Yeah, like the principal, everyone um, they established in season one was an interesting like character. Isaac and yeah, Hector. Isaac was a good one too. More Isaac than Hector, but Isaac's yeah. the best character in the Isaac show. Isaac was fantastic. Um, but they didn't lean into their strongest characters to carry the show. I, yeah, I think they consistently showed Isaac having good scenes throughout the series. And I think that's what helped a bit towards one the last, end. Uh, and I think he had the best, one last of weird thing. Um, I didn't expect Castlevania to be, uh, the, the woke feminist show of <laughs> fucking, uh, 2021 Netflix slate. Carmilla's uh, misandrous rant. Yeah, her misandrous screed. And like, when you look at all the, when you kind of take a step back, that kind of like clicked the gear in my head. And it's like, yeah, Trevor, for the most part, is shown to be very ineffectual compared to Sypha. All the male characters, with the exception of Alucard, are kind of shown to be kind of bumbling it. Well, I guess Hector and Isaac, too, um, are shown to be like bumbling idiots. And all the, all the female characters are portrayed as being very competent and very, uh, uh, self-sufficient. The I've got to take care of all the work around here. Yeah. Types. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I know what I like. I know what my taste is. And this was not it for me. Saying it, fam. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I really wanted to like it. Uh, but I I found myself being bored more often than I, I should in the show that I would say that I enjoy. So that's yeah. That's kind of sucked. I hate it. <laughs> and there you have it, no, ladies I, and I, gentlemen. 
The final uh, verdict. <laughs> it would not shock me if after um, all that you just went around like, yeah, the show's not great. No, it, I, I, I had a good time watching it. I thought it was entertaining. Um, it's not. It's certainly not the best uh, like animated show, like around. I think it it was the best of the Castlevania series, um, uh, best season in the series. But I, I mean, I think there are. If you're going to watch animation, go watch Demon Slayer. It's on if Netflix. If you want to <laughs> well, see a good it, like, Netflix I think animated it. series, well, I can't speak to Demon Slayer, but we have we have reviews and do all highly recommend all, what is it, nine seasons of Ultron Legendary Defender? Seven seasons, yeah. Um, uh, yes. That show highly, has good characters. I highly recommend the first ones, and then, you know, it gets, it gets long in the tooth. But... Um, yeah, yeah. This we'll we'll keep going. Like, also, if you want something, if you're looking for something more on the mature side too, uh, like if that's what you're trying to get at, uh, Invincible. We brought that up. I think that did a better job, and I think that has a better, like, um, like they, it got picked up for season two and three. Yeah. So I think it's gonna, and it has a lot of source material to go on for maybe five. Yeah, there's like 120 seasons. issues of the comic or something like that. Yeah, so there's a lot to do with that, and it seems like that's definitely uh, a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, peer to the source material than than what Castlevania did, because mm-hmm. it seems like Castlevania strayed quite a bit. Um, yes. Other than that, I think, uh, well, nothing other than that. I think that's, I mean, I've said all I want to say about that's this about show. Yeah, I've said all I have to say about 10 that. 10 out of 10, would, would watch um, again, yeah. Uh, Twitch TV slash Saturn Studs. If any originals in two, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Saturdays and uh, 7 p.m. random weekdays. <laughs> uh, you gotta follow to uh, to know when we're going live. Yeah, you gotta follow, gotta follow, to find, follow out. and find out. Um, SaturnStuds.com, place for all the links, YouTube channel for stream archives, um, and uh, our Twitch stuff, uh, archives of the old episodes. Um, show drops Saturdays. 3 p.m. usually. Um, might be a little late today because I got a vaccine appointment. And uh, please support the show by liking and or writing a review for the episode, subscribing on your podcatcher of choice, and uh, telling a friend about the show if you enjoy it and think they will as well. Until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye bye. <laughs>